All right, guys. I am Caleb Giddings. I'm Keith. Possibly still Jack. In like the shadow of Jack, but we've talked to we, Jack. We don't He's know. Actually, the, depending yeah. on your computer settings, you might not know if it's Let's Jack. See if I can like hold on. You know, it's a little bit better. Sorry, we're fixing the lighting soon, guys. I'm sorry. Fun fact on some of the early. So I have a like a ring light now that I use for all of these. In very early episodes of this show, I had my uh, Surefire Stiletto perched on top of like a stack of (laughs) ammo boxes next to my computer on the lowest side. I have used a Streamlight weapon light and just put it on something to light before. When it's like, oh, I have a lot of these. My gear has gotten continuously better. I've gone from like Apple earbuds to over the earphones and a mic. And now I'm using wireless Sony Bluetooth headphones with active noise canceling and all of that. It's, you know, it's good times. So anyway, uh, we have a great episode for you guys this week. Uh, first off, we want to mention our sponsors, Taurus USA and Guns.com. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show, me. And if you are interested in <laughs> learning more about Taurus Firearms, you can go to TaurusUSA.com. And to purchase the guns on Taurus USA, you can see there's a little buy on Guns.com button on each of our product pages on the Taurus website. Just Click that little button. You go to our friends at guns.com. You give them some American money. You go to your FFL. You pick up the gun. Commerce. And the world is a better place for it. It might even take Brazilian. They, I'm I'm certain they, I, you know what? I don't know what the currency of Brazil is. Uh, <laughs> no idea whatsoever. And I'm not going to waste your time Googling it because it. we've got a lot to talk about today. And first, we want to give a shout out um, on episode 91, How to Find Out on a Plane. Well, where we talked about that guy, you know, who freaked out on a plane. And we all mentioned that the minute he starts threatening other people's lives, there's a timer that starts. And at the end of that timer, if there isn't a fam or some other, you know, off-duty air cop guy going to take that guy out, we are now going to get up and do that. And in response to that, David DeMarco said, it's overly obvious that neither of you have real life experience with situations like this. And Jack, he used ellipses incorrectly after the end, Jack. Well, you'd be more of a liability as well as a physical roadblock to someone actually getting to the target. Now, I did reply under the Gat Daily account where I pointed out that he's wearing a turtleneck and told him to shut the fuck up because he's clearly never fought anyone. But I would like to just very briefly, very briefly mention first Jack's resume. Jack, how many people did you fight when you were working as a bouncer in a week? Um, Just in a week. In a week when I was working in the... Redneck biker bar, uh, on average, it was 10 plus altercations a week. Um, when I retired and went to the hip hop bar in Atlanta, it was down to seven. Yeah, just a couple, one or two here or there. One's and, easy. And, and for <laughs> scale, how, how long would a typical fight against a crazy person of said scale? Of that we saw on the plane have lasted at the bar because probably, probably that, that scale also got stupid while drinking uh probably 10 to 15 seconds which is a pretty long fucking time like you don't fight for a very long time um especially when you're trying to do control fighting where you're not the goal for me is not to damage you my my goal is to get you away from other people and to get you under control uh we typically handle that pretty fast. I have snatched people out of conversations where the rest of the people in the conversation didn't realize the other person had gone away. Yeah. Uh, and in, 
Yeah, so I think I did that for a decade. Probably not a liability, but we're gonna, you know, maybe you might be. No, no, I'm older. Here's the thing: I'm older. I will. I'm slower. Uh. The I ain't as good I as in, I once was, but I'm a good one as I am. <laughs> Thank you, Toby so Keith, for that this. absolute banger. I will give him, Jack is a roadblock to other people. <laughs> but the thing is, if Jack is involved in this situation, I don't think we need too many other people. Right. Also, so if you're uh, favoriting videos about Teslas and rapid assault tactics, Maybe shut the fuck, the fuck up. up. So on that topic, if that if at the end of our 30 second timer, I push myself out of my chair and at the same time I see a Jack Clemens figure push himself out of his chair. You know what I do? OK, I have, to sit my happy ass back down I, I have been Hang promoted on. to spectator. Star! Um, as far as me, I don't have nearly the hand to hand resume that uh, Jack has. I only had three amateur kickboxing fights. Um, I was a full-time Leo for a year working in both the streets and a jail environment. And I'm a former active duty, uh, military police officer still serving in the reserves in a military police capacity. So I've never once had to put my hands on someone in anger without knowing that I had backup coming. Hey, uh, David DeMarco, how many times have you been stabbed? It's such an unpleasant experience. Zero out of ten. Do not recommend. Yeah, I don't recommend it, buddy. But it's happened more than once to me. Right. Shut the also, fuck up, David Demarco. Everybody here's been. We've all been to ECQC. How many ECQCs have you been to, homie? Because uh, that's a fun, fun experience for everyone. So to that point, and I will know, say, I will say, Lindsey Sterling is a good artist and stuff yeah, I like do. that. Hey, oh, I, I do love I do like some Lindsey Sterling. Lindsey Sterling is a national treasure and must be protected at all costs. Uh, no questions about that. Her like cover of uh, Feliz Navidad on her latest Christmas album, absolute fucking banger. Ten out of ten. So her, her collab with Lizzie Hale just did me in. Oh yeah. Oh lord, that was a long time ago too. So yeah, long story crazy. short, uh, maybe sometimes when you're on the internet, you should like not run your mouth if you don't know what you're talking about but anyway um that's that's all we're that's our that's our two minute roast of david demarco uh who is not a subscriber by the way so i don't feel bad about roasting him because guys hey here's a fun fact guys when i go and look at your comments i can tell who's a subscriber to the channel listen so don't tell me oh i'm a subscriber and i watched every video when you're, you're not yeah anyway. we don't we, we don't care because here's what we are talking about this week. So by the time this episode airs, it's Sunday and John Wick 4 has been out for like two days, right? It comes out Friday. Um, by the time this airs, it's Sunday. We haven't seen it yet, obviously, because we're not quite yet cool enough to get early screener copies. However, I feel like working I, on it. We're working I could. On it. John if Wick we, is actually. If we had wanted worked. an early screener of John Wick 4, we could have gotten it. We could get it. I, did not, I did not express. I don't do that, but like. We know the guy. Yeah, we, yeah, we 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 could make that one happen pretty easily. Um, so, but that's Maybe what we're for five. We'll see. Yeah, that's what. So, fun fact: they actually, I think they're actually done after this one because both yeah. uh, Keanu and Chad were like, "Hey, I think we're done with John Wick now," and not like in a bad way, like we're done. We don't want to do this again, but like kind of covered wrap, what we wanted wrapped to cover. it up. Wrapped it up. 
So, but that's what we're talking about. We're talking about John Wick. And obviously, you know, the John Wick movies are beloved by the firearms industry. And, you know, the three of us are all pretty big movie nerds. And, you know, we love film and stuff like that. So what we're going to do is we're all going to take three things, each of us, we're going to take three things that we love about the trilogy as right now. And then at the end of it, we're all going to pick one thing that we were like, I could have done without this bit. And it's just one thing where you're just like, come on, man, just the you only get one, three things that you love. One thing that you're like, that it doesn't even have to be bad. It's just maybe something that didn't land for you. And that is what we're going to talk about. Then we're going to talk about, uh, you know, how excited we are. I mean, I, okay, first off, I'll start it. I am excited for John Wick 4. And the reason I am excited for John Wick 4 is because if you are a fan of the history of action movies, which I am, which these guys are, the first John Wick was an epoch movie, all right? So yes. every action movie, when you look at act, the history of action movies, there's significant moments. So one of ones that's a very significant example for people is the Bourne, the first Jason Bourne movie. Every action movie that happened either happened before or after Jason Bourne because that first Bourne movie changed the way they shot action sequences. You got the shaky cam and it added a lot of, it felt like the scenes had a lot more mass and a lot more violence to them than they previously did. And then the problem with shaky cam was it got worse and worse and worse and worse. So you couldn't fucking see what was happening anymore. And then John Wick happened. And John Wick action scenes had that same sense of mass and sense of violence, but you could track the action and you could track the action really, really well. And a lot of that is owed to the fact that the director of John Wick is a friend of Keanu's and was the stunt coordinator for all of the Matrix movies, which also all action movies either happened before or after the first Matrix. Those are films that are so deeply influential on the way that action is shot and perceived and coordinated. And if you watch a movie like John Wick 2 uh, compared to which I still think is the best of the three. Um, if you watch a movie like John Wick 2 compared to something like Commando, which is probably the best 80s action movie, like in it's terms very, of a, it's a very strong 80s action movie. I would call it sort of like the the sort of the platonic ideal of the 80s action movie. Yeah. Right? Where yeah. It, it, it's idealized it, it, there. It follows the yeah. formula. It's it's shot very one of my favorite things about Commando is how they just don't waste any time getting immediately into it. Like no. it's <laughs> so you're, like you're you're into it, you get the establishing shot where the team's getting destroyed. The the commander guy comes up and he's like, Hey man, your team's getting murdered out here, so you better be careful. He gets in his helicopter and leaves, and then the dudes pop out of the bushes. Yeah, we're, like we're literally right. Yeah. It's so good. Um, right. <laughs> small bit of commando lore because uh, this is my favorite fact about commando the female flight attendant wasn't supposed to be in the film originally she was added to humanize the character because That's... in the in, in the initial script read he's doing that all on his own i think i could have done without her character like i'm I'm fine with him just going around. And well, now, so here's okay. So we'll draw this to one of my favorite things about the John Wick movies is the element that is so you see that a lot in action movies, all right, where they sort of need to add like a humanizing element to make you emotionally identify with this 
essentially human terminator of a character, right? right? He's just going around dropping bodies left and right. And to me, my favorite thing about the the trilogy as a whole is that it starts off and everyone and the way they set up the identity, like you identifying with John Wick was absolutely perfect because he goes through a tragedy, his wife dies, she gives him a puppy, and Theon fucking Greyjoy murders his puppy. And at that point, you're like, every homicide he commits in this movie is entirely justified, and I feel nothing about any of them. I think there is a, a really... One of my favorite things is we take our time getting to that moment a little bit. We like, do. And John doesn't have the puppy for long. It's not like yeah. years later. It's days later. Mm-hmm. And you're still seeing this kind of slow, broken guy who gets on the bus to go to Aurelio, who knows this is coming. He's like, oh, oh, no. And prior, you, prior to that really moment. get to this moment where you're like, who are you? That's, and, that's one of the moments, that, that's my favorite moment, because it happens just, just prior to that. Oh, the, I, I, oh I, I might be messing up the timeline here. Just prior to that, when Aurelio gets called yeah. by, by the Russian Michael Nyquist, yeah, and that Michael Nyquist delivers perhaps the most. I have I have two pop culture lines that I love. One's in written fiction, and one's in John Wick. That are a single word that just encompass this vast space of knowledge about a character. And when Michael Nyquist says, oh, after Aurelia goes, well, your son stole John Wick's car car and um, killed his dog. When when Michael Nyquist delivers, oh, Oh. we now know so much about John Wick. What what I love about that scene really (laughs) is that, like, also Aurelio's, like, transgression. Mm-hmm. Which was not told to him by his son. He obviously no. learned that through, through the grapevine. He's very, he's like, hmm, you struck my son. I'm very curious as to why, so you better have a good reason. Mm-hmm. He's like, I heard you struck my son. He's, he doesn't say, tell me why. He's like, I heard you struck my son. He's like, well, sir, do you know why? And then when he tells him, Aurelio is so far in the past. Right. For the Aurelio is immediately off the hook. He was like, oh. Oh, you you oh. saved your own ass there. Yes. I better get started on saving my own ass as I, well. I I now need to damage all the control. Every, and I don't think I can. Something that John Wick one does, and two is also my favorite, um, because I was sitting in the theater watching John Wick One, and all I turned to my friend at the end of it, and I was like, I want to know more about all these fucking assassins and all these coins and all the shit going on. And now I know a lot more about them. Um, I I remember how fucking calm and cool everybody was in John Wick 1. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody kind of approaches this world as like, let's be very calm and relaxed. Very rarely do people get like their voices raised, which is why when Keanu goes, I think I'm fucking back. You're like, Oh shit. He's big mad. Right. And this is a guy tied to a chair about to be suffocated. Very emotive. It, 
it hits because everyone else is kind of in this calm business-like manner the entire time, even when they know they're in deep shit. Like when, Are when, when John walks in and he just calmly asks Aurelio, is it here? It was. Well, that brings me to my second thing, which is, and, and this is something Jack mentioned where I enjoy that the world building has been progressive and not just dumped all on you at once, right? So, so like I, in I, I do not in, like expedition dump world building. Like in in, in John Wick One, you get like this like this sliver of like the tip of this like deep assassin world, right? With the coins and the continental and all of that. And also Adrian Epilecki gets shot, which I'm like down for. Uh, then John Wick 2, you get like a little bit deeper. You know, you learn about markers and you learn like there's this you know, all of the criminal organizations report to this high table and da-da-da-da-da, and you find about about the Bowery, and then John Wick 3, you're like, holy crap, there's a whole industry behind this, and there's, you know, there's rules and laws and everybody and, like, everything, but it's all kind of fungible because we're killing people for a living here, and it's, and I really enjoy that each installment has really unwrapped a little bit more of the world building without making it so excessive that you're like hold on hold on hold on wait i don't understand where are they coming from i don't who's the guys because it's so never I been, think it's never been too much world building at once so there's something about the world building that i think a lot of people miss and it leads to one of the number one complaints i've heard from people which is why are all these goddamn assassins everywhere guys they're not the vast majority of people that Wick kills randomly who like are attacking him. Those aren't professional assassins. Those are, those just are gun people thugs. connect. Those are people connected to this world in the most like small ways. They are connected. They understand it. They're probably doing like drug runs or they're doing all little dirty jobs that they can. And this is their shot Again. at the title. Right. And it's kind of like if if we were all sitting around. And there was suddenly, like, a text message we all got that was like, if you knock Mike Tyson out, you get $15 million. I'm going to stay my happy ass at home. No, thank yeah. you. I don't need that smoke. But there are a lot of people who would be like, I'm going to go I'm gonna go try and do this because it's my one shot. Now, mind you, uh, in this scenario, Mike Tyson not only knows you're coming, but is also in peak condition by the time he's right, like, there. Like, right, yeah, like, this is like knockout Mike retired. Tyson today. This is knockout 1988 Mike Tyson. Hardest of passes. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I I guess like just seeing this world like kind of develop. And two, seeing the character develop. And by the character, I mean the guns. <laughs> Right. So this is Jack's second thing because I like character development, but not in people. Right. John Wick has learned nothing through this whole thing. There is no like John started as a sad badass. He's probably gonna end as a sad badass, and everything in the middle was just bodies. But there was a clear developmental arc to his firearms. <laughs> and that's what I want to cover. So, like in John Wick One, we have let's I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say it. John Wick 1 has the worst guns <sighs> and the worst gun handling. How dare you talk shit about the P30? P30L with a compensator that doesn't work. It's yeah, well, a I mean, 
It is, in fact, a muzzle weight. However, so, how dare you? I'm, I'm left wondering, like, okay, so he has that, and then he has a Glock 26, and he gets um, a KSG-14. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he takes that off a guy, though. That's a that. battlefield pickup, that KSG. And at a certain point, he is also rolling around with what appears to be an HK-416. Fun fact, it is not. It is a knockoff HK-416 that was made for the movies. The guys who made it were friends of mine. And hmm. they basically make a gun that looks like the HK-416, but runs like a normal AR. Hmm, interesting. Gas gun, but with the rail. Yeah, and that way it's exactly. easier to make the blanks work and everything else. They do it for a lot of times when you see an HK-416, you're not seeing an HK-416. No, that makes sense. Um, And then, like, so I always kind of thought, like, the guns in one were cool, but the gun handling kind of fucking sucks. There was a lot more center axis relock in one than actual good shooting. And if you, there was one guy who claimed to have trained Keanu, for one, who is not well-liked in the industry, not very popular. We could do a Um, whole episode on that guy. (laughs) I don't, I don't want to say his name because every iteration of him will show up and I hate it. Um, And I think they listened to that and they heard professional, because like most people are like, this is awesome. John Wick's great. Center Axis Relock. And they could have just done that in two. They could have just mm-hmm. said, hey, you already have the training, just do that again. They didn't. And and because the they thing went is, out and got better it, training. It's guys like it. us who notice that gun handling and go like, oh, that's not this. Because it's shot very well. It's shot as an action sequence very well. That's why it looks good. Right. So they listened to some guys who were clearly big shooters say his gun handling wasn't that great. It just kind of looked fancy. And they were like, okay, well, what, what does good gun handling look like? And they went out, they got, he did the training. Keanu's a guy who does the work. And then what does it become? It becomes, well, obviously there's a Terran connection. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> a lot of guns that Terran makes. But here's the thing at the time, Glock 34 was a cool guy gun. It was. It was the coolest guy gun. Like, you kind of knew a dude was onto some stuff when he was running the 34 instead of the 19. And then yeah. he's got the 26 again, and he's got an 11 and a half inch BCM with a LPVO. Like, you can see, like, in your head, like, oh, he's maturing. He's learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in three, we kind of take a little bit of a step back where, like, I know a lot of guys are like, why there's is he some, running this PCC? placement there that's against- like against armored opponents. Well, because you see, it's a movie. Yep. And <laughs> nine millimeter blanks are a lot easier to fire. <laughs> uh, so fun fact, the, uh, I would only argue that he takes a step back with the long gun. And that's only from like a technical performance standpoint, right? Because the SIG PCC is obviously a step back from an 11 and a half inch AR, but he steps up his shotgun and steps up his pistol. And we're going to come back to that shotgun in a minute, but I want to go to Keith. For your second favorite thing, my second favorite thing it ta- uh, tags off of Jackson. It's it's the maturity of the guns, and I love the idea of the bespoke gun dealer, right? The gun, yeah. the gun outfitter that that like, oh yes, uh, I know you're a fan of the German, but have we considered the Austrian? 
Ah, yes. And he's just outfitting like per spec. We're just having a conversation and guns are appearing like, ah, yes, you need this. Here's why. And they have this. It's basically like picking out wine, but it's picking out guns. Which I, I think we all we, we would all prefer that. Like, yeah. yeah, I really wish, you know, I hate gun stores. Uh, and, you know, I just I, I wish I could go and sit down and drink a coffee and have a guy be like, oh, what are your murder requirements, Mr. Clements? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yes, quite, quite, quite. We'll have these brought for you. Oh, wonderful, Jeeves. Put them in the box. I have a slaying to attend. <laughs> that would be nice. Now, you can get close to that by going to guns.com and shopping there online. <laughs> oh, God, I love product placement so much. You really need um, a soundboard so I can just hit that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, what's funny is, so the guns, and obviously the guns are a big part of it, and they, they are character in something that uh, Chad, the director, has talked about is that the guns are characters in and of themselves. And this isn't my third favorite thing, but it's one of my favorite moments is the shotgun shootings in both two and three in two, when he wrecks those dudes with the shotgun in the catacombs and the way they did the sound for that shotgun, it sounds bad. You're just like, Oh, and I don't mean bad and bad, like bad as in like, Jesus, like it's, it's, it is a visceral, like chunky noise that sounds like it would just be the worst possible way to get shot. It, and then we, in, it sounds like anything down that catacomb got wrecked every right. single time. Going back to the effects can we briefly target, people are just like, yep, out, out, that out, out. Before John Wick 2, there was a device you would not see on tactical shotguns. Oh, and I'm after John Wick too, I saw him on everybody's. That's yeah. the match saver. So the match saver for people who have never. So here's a fun fact: if you've seen John Wick two and you've seen that little single shell caddy right next to the receiver on his, right next to the, the ejection port on his gun, and you're like, that seems useful. That's a way to get around in the gun really quick and get it back up and running if you only need one more shot. Yes, it is. That device is called the match saver, and you know where it comes from? The regun. No one had ever put one of those fucking things on a tactical shotgun before then, and now you see them on guns, and you see them on guns for a good reason, because sometimes all you need is that one round. Which brings me to my second shotgun. Shotgun is going to be empty by the end of your violent encounter. Uh, My second favorite shotgun thing is, so the catacomb fight, but... I remember in theaters and they switched out, you know, they go and they're fighting the guys in the continental and they're nine millimeter majors not working against their body armor. So they go back and they get steel armor piercing slugs. And the first guy Wick shoots, his whole head comes apart on screen. And I was like in theater, like an eight year old boy, like, Holy shit, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> and because again, they made that shotgun sound meaty and scary. And he's just popping dudes' grapes with it. And like it's so violent and ridiculous that it's almost it's borderline comical, but the action is done so well that it doesn't take you out of the moment. Because you see that guy's grape get popped and you go, oh fuck. Which is actually a fairly accurate representation of what that slug would do to someone if you shot them in the head with it at contact distance. So, yes. fun shotgun effect <laughs> about John Wick um, 2? No, 3. three. Uh, they were supposed to have a Beretta 1301 mm-hmm. in the Moroccan scenes where John and uh, 
Halle, Halle Berry. Berry. Please bring back Halle Berry for number four. That's all oh. I'm asking. Um, would be swapping between the Sig and the Beretta as they went. They were going to have to do a whole thing. Um, Moroccan, it was shot in Morocco. The authorities said, we're fine with these machine guns you want to bring in, but not the shotgun. And they were like, why? They were like, that's a very destructive device. We don't want it in the country. And that is why it's not there. Um, It actually shows up in a bunch of other movies and it may make a return. Um, But I'm just, (laughs) all these machine guns are fine, but that shotgun. We, we in Morocco scary. think that is too far. We talked to the Germans from the early 1900s. It was a very bad time. <laughs> Your hate now, crime stick will not be allowed. <laughs> which is, and that does bring me to my third favorite thing is the uh, the the action the uh, I don't want to say reverence because everybody says reverence, but the way that all three films treat prior action movies and the subtle nods that you get two previous action films and you see this the most in the third one where and and i think part of that is because by the time they got to the third one both chad and keanu had realized what they built here and that they could then spend a little bit of time doing these clever nods to movies that they loved so like two of the guys from the raid are in john wick three right and every if you don't know the raid how are you even watching this chat yeah like like every like there's some required viewing here uh way of the gun the raid uh the original red dawn you know so but one of my favorite bits is in the beginning of john wick 3 which you know picks up he's on the run he's been excommunicated and he runs into this like random warehouse full of knives and old revolvers which where is that in manhattan because i'm going there next time and they do a bit that if you don't understand it out of the context, seems a little goofy. Like he grabs a single round off the wall and then he like grabs the all these single action revolvers and disassembles them and then puts them back together into a Franken gun and murks a dude that comes through the door with one shot. And if you don't understand that in the and if by itself, with no context, no historical understanding of action films or anything like that, you're like, okay, that was cool. It shows his technical knowledge of guns and stuff like that. If you happen to be a big time movie nerd, not even a big time movie nerd, in the good and yeah, in the good, the bad, and the ugly, there is a famous scene where Tuco, played by Eli Wallach, goes into the gun dealer and disassembles all of the revolvers and puts them all together to make a gun that times up just the way he wants it to time up. And it's little nods like that that really make the franchise for me. Another and the other sort of part of that too is a lot of the action set pieces are built around things that Keanu knows how to do in real life, like ride a horse, ride a motorcycle, uh, you know, stuff like that. So, like, when you see him on a horse in three, that is him. Like, they use a stuntman for some of the stunt riding, but there are actual scenes of Keanu Reeves riding a horse because you know what Keanu Reeves knows how to do? Ride a fucking horse. Let's talk about that for just a second because (laughs) I think we get the wrong opinion sometimes. I often hear oh, this actor is so cool because he does his own stunts. Or this actor uses stuntmen a lot, and there's a judgment there. If you actually work in film, and you are the star of a movie, you should be using stuntmen. Now, the guy who does it a lot is... um, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. 
And I'll caveat and come back to why he generally, this isn't a problem for him. Because he's mentally disabled. Well, hold on. If you're <laughs> injured as the star, you stall the production Everything until stopped. you are healthy again, which means all those people stop getting paid. They stop having a job and they stop being able to look for their next job because they're on contract for this job. And that's everybody from your co-stars who probably have enough money to make it. Let's be fair. All the way down to people who are getting by in the industry. So when you use a stuntman, you're protecting those people's jobs. And the stuntman's job is very important. It's to take the hit for you. Now, Tom Cruise he pays for those people's money if he gets hurt. He will cover it. And yeah. he likes he likes to do crazy stuff. So I'm you know, he's a crazy guy. When but you put your money where your mouth is. Cool. Don't judge people for using a stunt man if you have no idea what they're protecting. Like yeah. that's everybody's work. Anyway, and that's, sorry, I, that's a no 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 no, that's a perfectly valid note. And one of the things to note is that Keanu, I think there's a balance too, right? Like Keanu does some of his own stunts. He also utilizes stuntmen. And part of that too in the Wick uh, uh, series is the movies are very actually stuntman centric because Chad comes from a stuntman background, you know, and you see a lot of like really cool action set piece stunts instead of building the action necessarily around like the location, which some films do, they all, they build it around the stuntman and the stuntman in those movies go hard. Like, mm-hmm. You are you wake up in the morning as a John, as a stuntman on the set of a John Wick movie, and you're like, "All right, I'm gonna earn my fucking money today." <laughs> also, because of because of the Batman, because of who who are running these movies, the stuntmen honestly know like this is their movie. Like, yeah, like this is their their flick. This is this is for them. This is they show up to work and they have a good time because they're working on a John Wick movie. Right, because hell yeah. All right, so that was my third favorite thing. Uh, let's go to Keith for your third favorite thing. One of, one of my things, and it's, it's one of those things that sh- just shows, especially in one and two, is the is the pacing of the action, is the pacing of the action with the character scenes in between. Um, th- this, is, this is one of those film critique things. One of my favorite things in two is the concert scene when he's going in, he has to kill the head of the family. And she recognizes that fact as they're they're in the back and she takes, you know, she goes out her own way. Um, but the the prior interactions where people are recognized, like the people who are in the know recognizing each other and the bodyguard and him are have this subtle, very, very, you know, quiet conversation. And it's more of that. You get a lot with very, very little. There's not a lot of exp- there's not a lot of dialogue. There's not a lot of back and forth. It's just John, you're working tonight. Afraid I am. Yeah. And you get all all of that. And so he goes and checks on his principal, sees what happens, come out, and now he's mad, but he's in control. And they have this very controlled, very professional fight all the way until they get back to the hotel, and then so- they. They they recognize that the rules are in place here. No business on company grounds. Also, fun fact, Common actually does like gin, which is a reference made in that movie. So, <laughs> all right, Jack, so number three for you, and then we'll go into our I Could Have Done Without It. Uh, number three for me is definitely the supporting cast. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. 
Every person. Common, doing a fantastic job. Um, Of course, Lance Reddick, rest in peace, fantastic actor. Um, Shout out to all the Guardians out there. Y'all take your time. A lot of other people are going to step up for you in the meantime. Uh, If you got that reference, cool. If not, don't worry about it. It wasn't for you. Um, John Leguizamo as Aurelio. Oh, yeah. Just like Mm -hmm. everybody, even if it's a bit part, just seems to be another great actor who is showing up to have fun. You know, and that reminds me of something. I wonder at times if casting the actor who played Theon Greyjoy wasn't an int- a very specific choice because at the time that John Wick 1 came he out... He was a very hated guy. He Theon like, Greyjoy yes. was one of like the top three most hated characters in fiction. And when you put that... And then when that guy kills a puppy, you're like, I don't care how... Big- I, I think I think that was very very smart work on on casting and Alfie Allen going like look he's like I'm recognizing I'm lean into this, this right now I like this is my shtick Time to make right that bad guy money. if I lean into it and then knowing his part I get murked in the face at the end in a slow mo scene <laughs> saying it was just a fucking boom yeah and then dead. like one. I love the fact that there's no like awesome. long pause with killing that guy. Yeah, like just, yeah. Let me go ahead and uh, no more for you. Uh, but also when Alfie does the "I want a bottle" line, I lose it every time. That is so perfect. <laughs> All right, so which brings me to things I could do without. Um, and this actually isn't a thing that I like. I don't think the movies are perfect over you know by and large. Um, I think probably the roughest technical part is in the mocking gunfight. There's some editing where like guns magically, and it's the sort of things that only people like us would notice where like Halle Berry has a gun with an RMR in one scene and then the shot changes in the gun and it's a Glock 19. And I'm like, that's not the same fucking gun, but that's not it. So I think for me, the thing that I, it's not even actually, you know what? It's not even a thing I can do without. It is a thing I need to have happen in John Wick 4. And in John Wick 4, I need the adjudicator from 3 to catch a fucking bullet, all right? I hate that character. I want that character to eat a fucking bullet right in the eye hole, okay? That is – that's me because they did such a good job with uh, their acting and portraying that character as just this snotty, stuck-up, I'm so cool, I'm from the fucking high table and I can't be touched. I want them to die. I – I think that's, that's really oh, so bad. That actor is really good because in billions, I love what they do. Oh yeah. And billions. So like my only real exposure to them is from uh the John Wick movie. Stop. Go watch go watch billions. They're literally in season one. Um, and you will just see the depth of acting that that person can do. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, just and I, and here's the thing, I want it to be the same way they, that John Wick kills Theon Greyjoy. Not like personal or anything, just like, oh yeah, hang on one second. Bam! Alright, next. Who wants some? Who wants some? If I'm gonna say the thing I could do with less of, and I know I'm gonna get some pushback on this, I'm tired of the suits. Oh, that's fair. Uh, I, one, okay, I get it. We wanted to do the... Hey, it's two episodes in a row that we make Alex Sansone mad. <laughs> yeah uh well i don't know if you guys ever tried to do anything serious in slim cut 
dress pants. Not happening. <laughs> not, not I know that thing. he. I know he's busting them things open every other take. If, if those aren't like straight spandex, now also they've done a thing to where they they like explain that the, the suits have bulletproof lining. Cool. This explains why John's not dead constantly. But they've also started doing a thing where he lifts up his dress coat in front of his face. And uses it as a ballistic shield. Which, okay, yeah, yeah, I get that. That's what he's supposed to do. But it looks dumb to me, and I hate the suits. And it's just, I I don't dig it. I I understood it for a couple of things. Now I'm just sort of like, meh, not as cool anymore. (laughs) Just my opinion. And Keith, your so I actually agree with the suit thing. Um, and like the scenes where he uses his jacket like Batman's cape, I'm like, all right, hold on. Uh, I and it's 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 it is a bit, of, and I understand. I am in. I am watching a movie, a fictional movie about a world that is like chock full of you know assassins and like this spooky, shadowy, organized crime thing that sort of runs everything. That's that does hit me a little bit in the suspension of disbelief button. And it's because we've all worn soft body armor and I think they do the best. And what's interesting is they do the, they overuse the bit in two. And then in three, I think they were kind of like, all right, we're going to make the suit be less of a, less of a, a, a plot point in three. Cause I think they kind of realized they overused it a bit in two. And, and that brings it nicely to my point which started breaking my suspension of disbelief in three was when they send john on his vision quest to the desert and he meets the murder sultan and i'm just like hey we've just spent two movies building up this organization as a very very like old but very modern very you know very traditional um, but well-organized sort of situation. But now he has to go on a vision quest in the desert um, like he's Indiana Jones <laughs> or... Uh, and and like, he just goes out into the desert and they're like, don't worry, Murder Sultan will find you. It is the, or he won't. It is the, That's uh, the bit. Is like, yeah. Murder Sultan will, and, will find and, you if then, he wants to. And then, they, and then they have a scene which would have been like, very very similar if they put it into the kingdom of heaven where he's like talking with <laughs> i think you know, that guy's in the kingdom of heaven actually I, uh, he might be um and so you're just sitting there and and i'm just like this feels out of place like even if, even if we were in morocco and even in, in this organization why why is why is murder sultan a nomad in the desert that's fair uh the elder um his name is i'm not gonna i'm gonna mess up his last name his first name is saeed there's no way i'll get his last name right it's got like consonants where you're not supposed to have consonants and shit and, and uh, that that was just the that was just the point in the movie that i'm like all right we're pushing this mystic murder assassin gig a little a little too far yeah, we can, I, we can ease it on back now. <laughs> we, we we can dial back on the mystical murder assassin. God, this guy has got a fantastic uh, oh, he, IMDb. Oh, he yeah, was in. I'm, that's I'm what I was Josh thinking of. Actor, from. I'm not Josh in the part. Also, he, he played the part. Was it's just I think we didn't need to go in that direction with this part with this whole shtick of you know 
well, a well-organized guild of assassins. We were fine where we were at in two with guild of assassins. And now we've kind of broken the rules of the guild of assassins, but we could have stayed very modern in this. And instead we go on. So the guy who plays the elder, uh, the reason why I thought he might be in kingdom of heaven, he's not. Uh, he's in Hidalgo as the Saudi or whatever ah, prince. Ah, By the yes. way, if you haven't seen Hidalgo and you want to like feel some feelings, that's a really fantastic movie. Um, if you are dating a horse girl, she has seen it. Trust me. And so she's you seen should. it. <laughs> she's seen it. All right, guys. Jack, any last thoughts? Because I felt like you had one. Uh, oh, uh, I'm glad Braun finally got his castle. Yeah, <laughs> that was such. Yeah, and then he got shot in the leg <laughs> and bitten in the dick by a dog. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't kill people's dogs, man. The whole point of this whole movie is not to shoot dogs. And I love the fact that he's like, she's like, all this for a dog. And then she's like, we're going to do all this for my dog. Right. Her dog now. that didn't even die. Her dog her body hurt. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> rip that entire thing up. Oh man, that is very true. Yeah, all right, guys. start up all this for a dog to immediately. Oh no, no, I get it. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we are gonna go ahead and put a bow on it for this episode. So thank you very much for liking, sharing, subscribing, and watching. Um, please go see the new John Wick movie. And we're not just saying that because we like the movies, we also know a bunch of people who worked on the movies. And we would like it if you supported art and artists from people that we know. Uh, I think and I think I'll close with this and then we'll end. I think the best thing about the John Wick movies is that they are providing a pop culture exposure to gun handling that is high level. And that is pretty fucking cool. They are the Magpole DVDs in a post Magpole DVD era, but with even better production values. And yes. that's. That is it for this week, guys. We will be back next week with an all-new episode.